Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Welcome to episode 88 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. It's time for another adventure in the world of Pokemon. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm Team Cyndaquil because today we're talking about the latest and certainly most unique entry in the lineage of Pokemon Core Series games, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Of course, Victory Road is a production of the Four-Eyed Radio Network and is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design to fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And as always, please subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. Those ratings and reviews make Victory Road much more visible and easier to find. Of course, I am joined by a lovely guest co-host today. You heard them briefly last episode with the promise of a fuller and lighter conversation about this very game. I am welcoming back somebody who deserves a good game to escape into for sure. Uh, it's Dr. Ben. Welcome back, Dr. Ben. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> let, let me touch on a few things that you just said. Number sure. one, I don't know if this is a lighter thing. <laughs> this, is, this is a little stressful. <laughs> it's, it, is, it certainly has we'll a lot more stress lie. built in than I expected. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, num- number two, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, would you be willing to say nice things to my mom or write my dating of course. profile or something? <laughs> or, I don't know if I'd be very helpful on that, but sure. sure. All right. <laughs> It'll All be right. technically wonderful. I, I, I can write uh, yeah. if nothing else. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, before we get too, too much into why this game is maybe a bit more stressful than we thought, I do want to touch back on <laughs> uh, one thing that is a little, certainly not light. Uh, last time we talked, we chatted about the state of the pandemic because you are an MD and physician in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pandemic is still happening, uh, despite what somebody may tell you on Facebook here or there. Sure. Uh, and it certainly can't be tackled in just one 10 minute chat. So just while I have you mm-hmm. and as a, as a way to remind me to keep using the the meager platform I do have uh, to remind folks uh, of things. What what reminders might you have for folks as far as protecting themselves and others uh, against the worst of COVID-19? Obviously, everything with COVID sort of changes week to week. And so, like, mm-hmm. when Omicron first, like, was here, like, and over the holidays and, like, post immediately post-holiday, like, mm-hmm. cases, like, spiked. That spike is not really happening or it's happening to a slightly lesser degree right now. However, that doesn't mean that we should let up. And so like, I think that that's sort of something to sort of take into account that like, even if you're not hearing the worst of it right now, Mm -hmm. still take the same precautions as if it were the worst of it. Makes sense. Mask up in public places or inside rather. Right. Um, Or I guess crowded public places, uh, social distance, all that same stuff we've been hearing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And of course get vaccinated, get boosted. Yep. Um, Any uh, last time you were here, you, you recommended some awesome stuff to check out. Any other stuff that folks might want to check out or, you know, it's kind of the same people. Um, I, Andy Slavitt was good. Professor Peter Hotez and Dr. Eric Fiegel. Those were all good. 
it's it's helpful to sort of think of this as sort of like benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Like benchmark one was vaccine. Benchmark two was um was the twelve and up group. Benchmark three was boosters for everybody that has gotten it already. Benchmark four was five to eleven. The next benchmark is going to be the under five. The hope is that that will get some sort of announcement in terms of progress and available and approval in the next hopefully few weeks. It's a little it's a little hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Pfizer has kind of come out and said that the third or the the vaccine for the under fives is most likely going to be three doses. Mm-hmm. My theory and hope is that they will approve at least the first two now and then the third one it will continue the trial that it's in and then the third one will be available by the time that the waiting period after the first two is done if that makes any sure. sense so yeah, like no that makes sense what what i'm saying is we really need another benchmark i think that that is the next step in us um doing what we can to fight this yeah and i it's a it's a nice benchmark to think about because I know this, everybody, obviously, you want everybody to be able to be protected and all that sort of stuff. But just personally speaking, I have so many friends who have like one and two year olds that they just had within the past couple of years. And I'm like, oh, and that's what gosh. I'm seeing in the hospital right now, too. Yeah. Like, we've got we've got a, we've actually have a newborn that has COVID pneumonia now uh. in the hospital, like born on, I think, January 17th. Mm-hmm. So the more people that I'm, the more people that are eligible get the vaccine, then that decreases the chances of people who are ineligible of them getting it. Yeah. None of it's easy, but it is some of it, some of it, at least for, for those of us who are just operating on a daily basis, like it's at least simple steps we can take. So, um, and, and, you know, if, if anybody's wondering, um, I said this about our last episode, if anybody's wondering why this Pokemon podcast is talking about the pandemic and not just like staying in its Pokemon lane or whatever, it's important stuff escaping into the Pokemon world is fun. I'd love to enjoy the real world uh, as well. So anything any of us can do uh, to make that more easy to do yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and to get to a place where we're, I don't know that we're ever going to be like fully post pandemic. I don't know that there's a situation where like COVID is eradicated. Huzzah. Uh, but we can at least get to a point where, yeah, you know, I think it's not, I think it's not a light switch. I think it's yeah. sort of like things can just look better than they are now. Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and we have the tools. I'll take better for sure. <laughs> yeah, we have the tools and we have the intelligence to do that. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for touching on that. But let me let me give you a moment to escape. Sure. More than a moment. Sure. Let's Let's take the whole rest of this episode, yes. in fact. <laughs> yes. To escape into the world of Pokemon. Um, we're talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, like I mentioned at the top of this. But we didn't get the chance um, when you were on here last episode to get to know you inside the world of Pokemon. Sure. Um, we've only known you so far in the real world. So um, what? Uh, I guess just to, to kick off who you are and why you're here, what is your Pokemon origin story? How did you get into it? Where did it all start? Um, I, I think it started with the anime... The mm-hmm. battle aboard the SSN. Ooh, good one. Because, <laughs> like, the actual first episode of Indigo didn't air. Like, that wasn't the mm-hmm. first episode of Pokemon that aired on television. It was the battle aboard the SSN stuff. Um, <laughs> so, like, actually, like, grab ground level. Yeah. And then, not the game until Hanukkah that year, 
mm-hmm. when my parents got me a see-through blue Game Boy Color with Pokemon Blue, and I thought I was the coolest kid on the block because I had see-through blue Game Boy Color. <laughs> then I t- brought it to school, and they're like, you know that's purple, right? And then I had my parents take me to the optometrist, and I was diagnosed as colorblind. But Ah, <laughs> blue-purple. <laughs> so Pokemon Blue was my original one. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose Bulbasaur because everyone in my class told me to do that in fifth grade. And I got <laughs> so excited when I beat the Elite Four that I ran around my house with my Game Boy and I dropped my Game Boy and the mm-hmm. Game Boy was fine. The cartridge went flying out. Oh, no. Cartridge was fine. Save file was not. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> and then I restarted with Squirtle. Uh, uh, so, there were so many levels to that story. Oh my so, gosh. There's, there's, so much. there's so many elements to that Pokemon origin story. I don't know how you can create, like definitely sure. Fine. Create an anime based off of that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> the ups and downs alone in that, yes. <laughs> that one day. Yes, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> if I'm thinking about my childhood memories the most, it's definitely like gold, silver, crystal. Oh, and yes. like, you know, my first introduction actually was like an illegal emulator to like playing them online and stuff. <laughs> and like, it was like an illegal, like translated emulator and everything or a yeah. ROM or whatever. And then I played every single core series game mm-hmm. and there were some spinoffs that I did like Pokemon channel, Pokemon snap, of course, yeah. um, stadium, Coliseum, all those kept up with the movies. Card game was a big thing for me. Um, I, I traveled the country playing it competitively Mm -hmm. and I actually ended up getting uh, first place in a city championships and second place in States. And then it got to a point where I realized, okay, I'm having more fun staffing events. Mm -hmm. Um, playing is very expensive. And so I was focusing (laughs) primarily on staffing events. um, And I've staffed a few of the world championships, which is pretty cool. In 2013, um, I like I didn't really do a lot of it during college and medical school. Obviously, I was just so busy. But like when I when I took my first medical licensing exam, I said, you know what? I want to go on a vacation. Let me let me find out where Pokemon Worlds is this year. Vancouver. Great. I'm going. And like the people that I knew at the company, I was like, I'm going to be there. Can I work the event? And they said, yeah, absolutely. And so what they had me do was they had me work in with the mascots and the the big costumes. And like for that one, it was 2013, summer 2013. So before X and Y came out in November. Yeah. They were still doing Oshawott, Snivy and Tepig and Pikachu, of course. Now the Pikachu costume is brand new every year. (laughs) <laughs> super wasteful this one zips from the inside and nobody could figure it out mm-hmm. somebody pointed at me and was like what about you and i'm like well what about me and, <laughs> why are you pointing yeah, at me right now and, don't do that <laughs> and then i just end up in the pikachu costume for like three hours because like when you're walking to go do photo the photo op everybody's stopping you to take a photo and then you go oh, to yeah, the photo op sure. kids want to dance and whatever and me, I'm dancing in the costume and like making it really animated. <laughs> and then the com- the people from the company were like, Ben, that was you. That was masterful. Like, <laughs> and Had you done mascot work in like high school or anything? Or is this the first time you'd ever done like fir- <laughs> something like this that? This is the first time I'd ever done any. No, you know what? Maybe 
maybe like something for my synagogue year like sure like now now like you're you're awakening sort of a hidden memory in me um <laughs> but but it was an experience i will never forget oh i'm sure um definitely sort of like seeing how the sausage is made <laughs> and you know now i I like I don't really do the card game anymore. I don't really do the mm-hmm. card game events anymore. I mostly play Pokemon Go. I like I play Pokemon Go every day and mm-hmm. I play the core series games. It might have already passed. Well, it's definitely passed by the time this episode drops, so I'll just say I hope everybody participated in their Hisuian Voltorb yes. stuff. I'm sure it'll come back. I but... wait, do you play <laughs> do you play Pokemon Go, Doug? I I did for a long time. I played every day. Yeah. And then honestly, when the pandemic hit and I wasn't walking everywhere and was home all the time, I just kind of stopped. You know, the game pivoted to make up for that. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But it was it was a hard thing to come back from because what reminded me to play was the fact that I was like walking to work every day. It's true. And so it was like a thing that I could do while I was while I was walking. And it was for me specifically, it was so tied to that like movement and walking and the actual like go aspect of it that it it wasn't as fun for me to like sit in my apartment and do it but no understandable um, i pop in it's probably like a once a week thing for me which is almost counterproductive but i remember sometimes Yeah, you gotta add me you gotta add me that's why i was asking all right so yeah so yeah that's that's kind of like my big pokemon history i've made a lot of friends i've made a lot of memories it's my favorite franchise for sure It, it it doesn't surprise me i mean like there's so much of it and there's so many different ways you can sort of entrench yourself in yeah it, you know what i mean and and most of them are easily so like made social you know what right. i mean so many elements of it are playing with other people either competitively or collaboratively uh collecting and helping each other like helping other people collect by trading all that sort of stuff so um makes and a it's lot of not sense to like that. like it's my favorite franchise but it's not my favorite game it's not without its fault when we talk about Arceus like it's something that I'm going to be like mentioning just sort of like a global take on the Pokemon game franchise core series franchise but like yeah nice well it's it's good to it's good to get some some Pokemon back yeah. from you yeah for sure <laughs> we are like you mentioned just now going to be talking exclusively about uh, well, probably not exclusively. I'm sure we'll yeah. tangent. But uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And this episode is the first of uh, two planned Pokemon Arceus episodes. So this one that that Ben and I are doing is our first impressions episode. So what we'll try to do is kind of structure this in a way where you can dip out at the point where you feel like we're getting too specific. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we succeed in doing that. Um, but if... Uh, if you are are nervous to even hear us talk about the game because you just started it or whatever, uh, that's okay. There's a segment at the end that I would still love for you to listen to, so there'll be a timestamp for that. But from here here forward, we're talking Pokemon Legends Arceus, baby. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. So just to give people an idea of, of what you and I are talking about, uh, let's do our little mini progress report as far as like how far along in the game we are. And this is this game's structured differently. Uh, so I think there's a number of ways you probably could sort of measure this that aren't as all interlinked so closely as a regular Pokemon there, game. There are ways to measure progress that aren't tied to badges. Right, exactly. Normally, you could just easily say, like, how many badges you got? And that would tell somebody exactly where you're at. It wouldn't necessarily tell you completion level, but it would tell you kind of what they've done to right. that point. This is a little bit different. So um, I guess uh, the things that I'm thinking are... How much have you played just hours? How much of your life have you dumped yeah. into this so far? I guess that's the first place I'll start. So do you want me to include the Nintendo Store launch event? 
because that feels like I dumped <laughs> I dumped time and energy into into things. I mean, that probably was a game in itself, just making sure you got there in time and were in line. And <laughs> quick thing, um, so sure, like, yeah. I live in New Jersey, and I I live in I I live like about an hour away by train ride, like an express. Train. So mm-hmm. I take the train, I get into the city, and like. BT dubs, we've got like a nor'easter incoming. So like, I don't want to spend my whole day in the city. This is Friday morning. Of course. So I get there and my time slot is for 10 a.m. Um, and I'm like walking through the city and apparently, and I like, I feel awful for not knowing this, but like two new NYPD officers were murdered um, a few days prior. And so like oh. there was a cop funeral. And which meant that every single police officer under the sun was like swarming mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, yeah. FBI, park rangers, like like you name it. If you have a badge, you're there. And so like yeah. getting through to the city was not an easy task, including like the snow that was starting to like fall. So I eventually mm-hmm. did make it over to Rockefeller Center for my time slot. I was there early. and they had some stuff sort of set up for the launch. They had like definitely like some big, like art installations within the store. I guess you could call them Um, Mm -hmm. the map that was on display. They had like a whole um, base camp that you could sit down and take a picture with, which is pretty cool. Um, So I picked up my game and I bought a Lucario and Arceus, plush um and the freebies that we were given were um two uh double-sided posters one which includes the full map which is cool because i like that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff i I like pokemon topography and then this like little mini notebook that um that our audio listeners cannot see uh but i am i'm showing (laughs) doug uh because i know when i told him about it he got excited that there was a notebook Anyway, I know. I think I said yeah. notebook, multiple so, exclamation points. That's the thing I, I, I of yeah. all the things you showed me, I don't know why that was the right, thing I'm most right, jealous of. Right. But so, notebook. So here's, so here's the thing, right? This is like a major launch. Do more than paper products <laughs> as like giveaways. Like you've done like some pretty cool things. You've done like the Grudon on Kyogre figurine for, for Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Mm. You did like a banner map, a felt banner map for like for sword and shield like this is your like your big flagship release and amazon japan gets a steelbook and a wooden pokeball replica you know everybody would want that like what so what are you doing Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know that's that's part of the strange thing and this will probably get into like the legacy of the game conversation a little bit but like it's strange because they have told us it's a core Mm -hmm. series game um, they want us to call it a core series game, treat it like a core series game, but it is coming out in this very strange yeah. release time. It's it's not part of the like standard timeline of releases. It's totally different format. So I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing where they were like, hey, this will be a neat thing, and then realize like, oh shoot, everyone's really pumped for this, or if they always knew it was going to be like this big thing. But I'm sure some of that stuff plays in along the way. And look, definitely the pandemic like plays into like all of these different things, totally. products that you're going to release with the item gameplay and what have you that we'll probably get into anyway. 
the very first day was basically dedicated to me and my friend making sure that we kept on resetting our games to get our to get our all all starters because (laughs) i thought it was dumb that like whatever ones you don't pick are locked to the post game apparently and like there are some leaks that i that i looked at just like fair disclosure but like starting up the game and getting your starter and being able to trade takes about an hour Mm -hmm. 17 minutes and so like doing that several times (laughs) consumed the rest of the day Mm-hmm. So I hours it. played on my main file, 17, plus whatever mm-hmm. amount of time that I spent on Friday just constantly resetting and everything like that and just going yeah. through like the beginnings all, all over. Probably floating around 20 hours somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, star ranking is six and number of frenzy Pokemon calmed one so far. I'm on my way to my second. Yeah, so I have so this is this is where folks will kind of understand why I have like multiple metrics here because I've I've put in like thirty hours I think I'm also at a, at a six ranking yeah. uh, star ranking and I've done three frenzied Pokemon so there's a lot of freedom in this game to sort of pursue different interests yeah and yeah. doing story things doesn't necessarily equate to star ranking doesn't necessarily equate to hours played doesn't necessarily equate to like research done. Like it's, it's an interesting new format. That's definitely different for this. Right. But that's why I had kind of a few different metrics. If folks are like, Oh, why, why, why are you asking this? And like for (laughs) me, when I get a new research quest from like the board or like whatever, I'm like, okay, I want to complete it before I do the next story thing. Like I, like Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who I like, I don't know why my OCD is like this, but like, I want to like, flip the light switch 7,000 times or else my whole family will die. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, like, like you've <laughs> given me like something that's in the way that I, that is, it's going to bother me if I don't clear it. Um, yeah. Well, I think that that works perfectly into sort of what this game even is, right? Like so much of the, the pre-release conversation about Pokemon Legends Arceus was, what yeah. is this game? You've called it a core series game. It's clearly not the same as now I'm going to have to say, I think, traditional core series game, unless they have truly changed what they're doing, you know? Right. Um, but it's clearly different than anything we've seen before. So a lot of people, when they first saw it, thought, oh my gosh, this is it looks like Breath of the Wild. And in ways, it does look like Breath of the Wild. Sure. And then there were some folks who were like, actually, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm looking at it, maybe expectations should be a little bit more in the Monster Hunter camp. It also resembles Monster Hunter in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, if you've played Pokemon Snap, there are elements of Pokemon Snap that will be very familiar to you uh, in this game. Like, it's a lot of different things Yeah. Um, that have sort of uh, culminated in this, what if we threw out the rules of Pokemon we've been operating with for 25 years and just sort of reimagined what it might be like to capture, learn about, and battle with Pokemon? Right. It's very cool. I don't know. What, what would you compare this game to, if anything? I mean... Everything that you basically, like, I've never played a Monster Hunter game, but, like, I know the idea. And, like, ev- basically everything mm-hmm. that you just said, right? Like, Breath of the Wild, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, like, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Game Freak has done, like, the same things for Pokemon for years. Mm-hmm. And then they do this thing where it's like, okay, I felt like, and and I was thinking about this earlier. I've been thinking about this for, like, weeks, actually. But, like, mm-hmm. it feels that when game freak makes a pokemon game like let's say x and y sure it feels like since x and y game freak has been walking and 
maybe their next game immediately after that would be their form of running. Okay. X and Y had elements that it didn't feel complete. And even Game Freak has said, like, we were planning on doing Z. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think that's a, that's a secret right, at all. Right, you know? right, And then they decided not to. They decided to do Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and then mm-hmm. do Sun and Moon. And, like, it feels like the entire 3DS era was ideas without an actual complete 100%, 100% complete vision. And I think there, I think there are sparks of visions here and yeah. there, right? Like obviously, when we were talking about Sun and Moon, um, and just the Alola region in general, that was at that point the furthest away from the formula any core series right. had gotten. And we were like, "Oh, they're experimenting. Interesting." Right. Um, but ultimately, it still sort of falls into too. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but ultimately, it still sort of fell into a similarly structured. Um, thing it was more the story and the narrative and the setting that kind of was the experiment Um, and I think you know we don't necessarily know the details of these types of things um, and I'd be hesitant to uh, call anybody reliable who doesn't work at Game Freak or the Pokemon company who says they do know the details of this but it's the the rate at which Pokemon games come out suggests strongly that they they can't just spend as much time as they want making a game, right? Like, I don't think that's a thing anybody's going to argue, right? Like, oh, they've, they had sufficient time to make the game they wanted to make. And I understand that people will talk that point to death, right? But ultimately, when you're releasing games like every two years, you're not going to get the game that... It, I don't, I'm trying to think of it. Other studios are not pushing out games every two years, typically. Um, and I don't I don't say that as a way to say like, be happy you got one or this is all you're going to get. I say it to highlight the fact that like there's clearly more in each one of these games there could have been. Yeah, right? I mean, I have kind of an unforgiving approach to how I view Game Freak personally. I've felt that for a while Game Freak has really needed new blood, like completely new blood. I've I, I remember Junichi Masuda saying like, oh, we're not going to put the battle frontier in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire because kids these days want to play games on their phones. They don't want to spend all their time on this one Pokemon game. And like, I don't like that kind of thinking if you're a game company. And I totally get that. And I think that, I think that what a game company should do with their properties is the type of thing that we could talk about for like yeah, yeah, forever, yeah, sure. Right. But I think ultimately we have the games that we got and all we can really do is sort of like see the patterns, take the things that they're telling us and say, okay, what are the games they're trying to make? Yeah. Right. Some of what they're trying to make is told to us. Like when Junichi Masada says stuff like that, you're like, okay, I have a peek into the mind of what they're doing. And then sometimes a glimpse of what game they're trying to make, whether we ultimately decide they succeeded at it or not is in the game itself. Like with yeah. sun and moon where you're like, okay, I see where you were trying to go with this. Then you ask, did you succeed? Now we have this game that's completely off yeah. formula. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, because that conversation has been going for a while now of like, what is game freak doing? Who are they making games for? Am I part of that audience? Am I not part of that audience? Yeah. All that sort of stuff. I think this game being so different is what's getting people so excited um, because it, regardless of where it goes, it suggests potential yeah. directions. And part of it is because the actual mechanics and technical, not technical from like a, a schematics or stati- like right. stats 
performance aspects because we'll talk about it a little bit, but that's never yeah. the thing that, <laughs> that Pokemon right. cares about. But like just generally the game you're playing this time around is so different um, that it's completely structured differently. I mean, from, from the jump, what you are doing is not collecting Pokemon and collecting right. badges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's a totally different genre of it's still an rpg but it's like a different subgenre of rpg so let's get into what this game actually is if you decide to go out and buy it pick it up and play it right if you're on the fence because you're like well i haven't loved necessarily pokemon games in the past or what pokemon is doing the past few generations or whatever here's what this game actually sort of is yeah um the general sort of idea is that instead of just you know collecting a team raising it battling through the gym leaders, becoming the best battler, mm-hmm. right? You are in this world where people don't necessarily understand Pokemon, so your primary task is to research, collect, and explore. Right. Um, so it's much more... It's not a fully open world situation, but it has open areas that you can explore, unlock, discover things, find new Pokemon, um, and kind of interact with in a few different ways where you kind of have choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at the same time they've added a lot of finesse to this game, right? Yeah. Pokemon games in the past have largely been menu-based. This is not necessarily that. There's some stealth stuff. There's some, like, compatibility with items and different species and stuff. Um, And uh, collecting and researching involves more than just getting it once and putting it in a box. Right, right. As far as, like, what the game is and and what there is to play, like, what what am I leaving out? It's really a game that is really pushing the it's weird to say this because it feels like the genre came out a few years ago and we when we say the genre we say breath of the wild as the genre like this is this is that and this feels like that you're you're going around you're crafting items and like you're you you have limitations and like pokemon for the the core series games over the past several years has removed certain limitations like Mm-hmm. you're basically in an unforgiving world and you have to yeah. yeah and like that's that's the big that's the big thing about this like you are dropped in an unforgiving world and it feels like what pokemon would be in real life because of that yeah it's like it, it... Detective Pikachu the movie is one sort of like, what if Pokemon existed in real life, right? Like they're everywhere. They're influencing kind of how we operate our daily lives. What would but it be like if they say, live here? This is sort of like the prologue they, that that like and not to interrupt, but they even say in the prologue for that movie, human and Pokemon live in harmony. Right, exactly. This would be this game explores what if it took time to get to that point, right? Like what yeah. if it wasn't a natural fit that Pokemon and humans just always got along and that's sort of the environment they're setting up it clearly takes inspiration from breath of the wild or monster hunter or maybe skyrim i haven't played it but it's like a big open world game where you're yeah everything wants to kill you um sort of thing and this kind of takes inspiration from that you know like the wild area touched on that a little bit with its sort of like progressive uh exploration where like oh you better not go into the wrong spot because that thing's gonna kick your butt this is a more fully realized version of it that's kind of what I meant earlier when I said that, like, okay, each game was so game, game Freak could walk, so then they could run in this game. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a clear yeah. progression, and, like, there are elements from different games that have sort of made their way in here in a fuller, more fully realized way. Right. For sure. Because even, yeah. like, the new Pokemon Snap, I, I, I really like the new Pokemon Snap, but it clearly yep, was, too. like, you waited 20-some years for this, 
we're not going to completely reinvent the wheel because like a big reason like you're even paying attention to us releasing this is nostalgia and we're not going to pretend that's not true right right so like they they fine-tuned it um, but they didn't like completely change how the game worked this game takes some elements of like oh what pokemon respond to what things so that i can you know do the thing i need to do yeah this takes it much further it's a much more fully realized like system yeah yeah no exactly so you mentioned like the research tasks and all that sort of stuff. The actual progression of the game is you have certain mission tasks and certain research tasks because your job is literally like researching Pokemon. You're filling a Pokedex, but for the first time, I think ever the Pokedex being the type of thing that you document information about Pokemon that you found mm-hmm. actually applies. Right. Like it's, I think for me, it's always been very funny. Um, and uh, and more of a joke that like, here, I'm going to give you this Pokedex so that you can learn about the world of Pokemon but literally all the information is already in here. You just got to take a picture. Yeah, like you just have to like unlock it. Like, and, but, but, yeah, this is more like, hey, take notes. Yeah, like, like you're actually number of times defeating it, number of times that like you're, like you're earning your way towards each page in the Pokedex. Yeah, and you start to realize that as you do more research tasks, which often don't necessarily directly have to do with a Pokemon, but just something that somebody in the village or in the overworld or whatever is wondering about or trying like a prop, like has a problem to solve. You start to Mm -hmm. like help other people understand their relationship with Pokemon. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Like for example, this is like a side, this is like one of those research tasks to give people an idea. One, there's one NPC who's trying to figure out a way to keep the lid on her pickling jar. She needs a really big rock, but she can't lift a rock herself. So wouldn't it just be great if there were a rock who could lift itself up? And you, as somebody who has a relationship with Pokemon, are like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Geodude. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 and and then you do like, you have to catch an extra Geodude to give to her basically to like do that job. Right. And so then that, that's one more person in the village who now has a, essentially a partner Pokemon, you know, based on her. Like you're building, you're building that relationship where people and Pokemon can coexist in society together. Yeah. It's very cool, but it does change kind of like you're getting at how you might normally play a Pokemon game. If you're collecting Pokemon in a Pokemon game or more traditional core series game, you're typically just one of each or just either you have one of literally everything or you just have one Pidgey and evolve it all the way through. In this case, you might need extras. Right. Um, Which actually goes into like what Pokemon Go is in, right? Because like you have mm -hmm. to catch extras for the candy and everything like that. So yeah, like, or what let's go explore it even a little bit just exactly. in like changing the experience system. Exactly. And so like there's different like each Pokemon's game takes elements that they sort of like work on and they build on and they are taking things from various different games within the franchise to make what we have now. Yes. So now that now that we've done our best because i think it's hard to like really summarize what this game is in just like one sentence which makes sense because of like their marketing Mm -hmm. was not terrific so i get it yeah (laughs) it's interesting their marketing wasn't wasn't terrific but it was also probably accidentally but maybe if i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt intentionally mysterious which i know grabbed some some folks yes but but that's sort of sort of what the game is right it's a little bit open world it's a little bit um you know, Breath of the Wild, a little bit Monster Hunter, a little bit Pokemon Snap, a little bit Let's Go, a little bit Pokemon Go, all that. Are you enjoying the sort of mechanics and gameplay of Pokemon Arceus so far? Is it? Are you vibing Let with it? Let me tell you something, Doug. I don't understand why all these Hisuian kids aren't running around 
with damn thumbtacks to pump pop every single stupid drifloon. Because I don't understand. <laughs> Do they not know the havoc that these guys cause? They should be they should be fatter than the world in order to prevent anything. Or they should be carrying around thumbtacks. No, they they don't they, know. We haven't told we them haven't yet. Told them yet. <laughs> Fine. Um, you know what? Uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying what the game has brought to the table. Um, you know, like Pokemon, it's always one step forward, two steps backward. Like, I, it, it definitely like bothers me. There's some elements that are not in the game, um, mm-hmm. like abilities and breeding. Those are like such core things. Like, why did you remove them? Um, and like, I don't want before anybody like blasts me on the internet. I don't care that Professor Elm like discovered eggs or whatever. Like that's a dumb that's a dumb reason. Like don't remove well, it. Well there's um, there's 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 always like lore versus practical gaming and both of those things are totally fine, right? Like yeah. Pokemon aren't necessarily like narrative driven stories in the way that we think about it, but there is a story and a lore. They don't necessarily care about it making a whole lot of sense. So because they don't care about it making a whole lot of sense, their lore doesn't have to inform their gameplay and they've never, they've never limited themselves to that in the past. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I'm having fun with it. Um, and yeah, I hope that, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. You're enjoying it and you're having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving it. I, I'm, I, the, the gameplay of it has totally grabbed me. Um, it's, you know, okay. I know that I'm enjoying a game if I'm distracted easily and, yep. and enter that sort of flow state and then like look up at the clock and I'm like, I'm sorry, I was collecting materials and like creeping around stealthing yeah. Pokemon for how many hours? Yeah, you know? that, that, that's where I'm at too. Like, I love it. It's not a 10 out of 10 game for me. But, like, I love it for sure, and that's exactly where I'm at. Like, I'm getting distracted by several things, that, like, like in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's why I haven't finished Breath of the Wild, because every time I play that game, I just get distracted by collecting herbs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, like, look, I love this game a lot, and, uh, yeah. What are your favorite things to do in the game so far? When things work the way that I plan them... <laughs> I mean, sneaking up behind Pokemon and actually catching them versus, like, having to do a battle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, when things work the way that they do, yeah. I really like that. Um, I like their their approach to the Pokedex this time around. Yeah. Like we discussed. Like, there's there's different tasks for each entry for the po- Pokedex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the traversal. I, I don't... I, I like all of it. Yeah. I haven't run into anything yet that has caused me like undue frustration, like frustration that isn't clearly intended by the game. Right. Right. Cause there's, there's certainly a learning curve here. Um, I've mentioned a couple times, like it requires some finesse um, in, in let's go even to catch a Pokemon, you still entered a different mode of the game, right? You entered a battle phase. Yeah. Um, and so right. you were literally always just throwing a Pokeball at that Pokemon's face in this game, right. if you throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon's face, it might be like, I'm not messing with this and just run away. Whereas if you yeah. if you sort of are patient or use certain items or uh, try to like distract or calm them, then you might be able to just catch them without ever battling. And to me, that justifies not battling Pokemon in order to catch them yeah. far better than any game, anime, property, anything yep. has yep. ever made a case yep. for. You know, I know some folks who, who don't love 
who, who are enjoying the anime but don't love the fact that Go kind of just like runs around and throws Pokeballs at things and it usually turns right, out successful. Yeah. It's clearly right. clearly an homage to Pokemon Go, but that's how Pokemon Go works too, right? And people, right, right. there are people who are sort of like, I mean, it's not really how it's been, right? This sure, kind of gives sure. more context for why you might not want to battle something because it could kick your butt. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Like, like I said, the game can be very unforgiving, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, it can be extremely stressful um, and very frustrating. Yeah, like the space time distortions. Oh, like it, like ev- everything can go into absolute utter chaos just within seconds. Yes. So I want to get into like mild spoilery territory here. If you've chosen to buy the game and you've started the game, this is the very first thing that happens. So this is really only a spoiler for people who have not yet started the game. But the fact that this game starts off with you falling out of the sky, falling out of a <laughs> space time yeah. distortion. Right. I literally was like, wait, hold on a second. Like, yeah. I did not realize the premise of this game was that I have fallen through space and time into the past. Why that has happened from where I don't know yet. The game has not told me. I don't know if it ever will. But I had no idea that that's my, what it was going to be. My understanding. <laughs> and, and so like then like. All everything that you just said is a perfect explanation for why marketing for this game is so hard. Yeah. Like you can't show that. That's a totally that's a big story thing. I think it would have I honestly think it may have not necessarily deterred people, but I think some of that mystery that is part of the game. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm I've played for thirty hours and still don't know where the protagonist comes from. I don't think you that know? we're going to. But I suspect we won't either. But but, but my thought process is this again we're talking spoilers yeah we're getting into spoiler territory so jump out if you if you don't want it leventon does say that we are 15 years old yes right yes okay my thought process is that we are the protagonist from diamond and pearl after they have become champion that would be cool and that this is their new life and that they have become a faller like in sun and and that they Mm -hmm. have forgotten their memory I mean, they would have to and forget that, their memory for any of this to make sense. <laughs> right, sure, right. And that we are not going to remem- get, like, we're not going to remember. Sure. That's not part of this story. Um, there there will be supposedly DLC, I think. That, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe there will be. Um, I, I, there, there's a pretty credible leaker that says that there's supposed to be DLC leak mm-hmm. or, or reveal, I'm sorry, um, in April or something, sure. if we can talk about that. But, like, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't but, think it's wild to sp- – even even if there weren't a leak, I, I don't think it would be wild to expect or speculate on there being DLC given that Sword and, Mo- or Sword and Moon – Sword and Shield had DLC and was clearly <laughs> yeah. experimenting with that format. But But I don't think that there's a reality where we go back to where we came from. Sure. Yeah, I would be very surprised if that were the case. So, in a, in a way – this is a Diamond and Pearl pseudo remake and sequel <laughs> and prequel. It's yes. all of those things. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a wild thing to tackle, but I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. But 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 I also want to say like I do think given the lore behind Sinnoh, the space time of it all and whatever. Mm-hmm. You can only do a game like this that takes place in the past once. And you can only do it with Sinnoh. 
because it's such a core element of that region and that original story. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. But like, <laughs> but I'm fine with this being in this game, but I don't want another mm-hmm. game in the past. I would be okay with another game in the past as long as it's not using this exact same setup, right? Right. Because I do think you could do a game in the past uh, that takes place in a former version of Johto because that game's setting is still so mired in its past. Yeah. I think you could do some cool stuff exploring that. I don't know that you need to because that game explores so much of it, but um, I think there are certainly certainly some things you could could explore as long as you're not doing it the they exact same They do have way. another time Pokemon there, so... <laughs> that's very true that's yeah. very true yeah or like like you could do a legends game where you're exploring the original dragon from unova sure like you could do something like that mm-hmm. but not necessarily have to put it in the past or anything like that yeah i don't i don't, I don't know any i'm i'm getting away from like <laughs> from like where our main topics are but like we've got like professor the professor and we've got like the galaxy team and everything like that and Galaxy Team, I think they're basically there to build this region up mm-hmm. and stop the warring of the two clans. Yeah. That's my understanding of it. I also feel that if they stop the two clans, nature abhors a vacuum, and that lets one of somebody from the Galaxy Team to take over. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, I think that makes perfect sense because one of the first things people reacted to when they were starting to reveal details was like, wait, I'm the good guy and I work for something called Team Galaxy? Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Or the Galaxy Team or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that makes perfect sense. And I, you know, this game isn't going to be the one to tell us. And I don't think Pokemon, like I've, I've said, Pokemon is not interested in like clean, streamlined lore. No. Um, But I do think certain things are hard to ignore characters that resemble characters in the future, uh, you know, names. It's all very intentionally reminiscent of the stuff. Like characters that look like previous characters. Like, Mm -hmm. like you go into like the diamond camps and like, there's two photos on the wall and one looks like Maxi. And then the other one looks like Alder. (laughs) Like, and so there's, and and there's definitely like one person that looks like Karen from the Johto Elite Four yeah. and the Galaxy Headquarters. Like, there's a lot of... This is going to drive Loreheads absolutely bonkers because this game's not going to yeah. answer your questions. <laughs> no, no, it's going to raise more. It's going to raise yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fun, but that's because, you know... I No, I think, it's, I think it's fun, too. I mean, look, I'm a scientist, mm-hmm. and I prefer, like, hard answers sure. and stuff. I'm not going to get them. No. And, and no. all you need to, like, as long as you know you're not, right? Like, then yeah. you can at least begin to find peace. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Untumble into a space-time continuum, and you've got, you've got floatsels falling out of your rear end, and they're just, yes. they're, they're, it's bad. Yes. So let's, let's talk about the space-time continuum, or the space-time rifts, or whatever. Yeah. Because this is the thing that really caught me off guard is thrilling and terrifying every time. Yeah. You talked about like this unforgiving world. Yeah. Nothing is more unforgiving than these distortions in space-time, uh, which are these sort of like occurrences that happen on the map yeah. um, that are chaotic. They are sort of nonsensical. They are, again, we're in spoiler territory here. This is where something like Porygon appears, yep. uh, which 
arguably explains how this could even be part of the Pokedex. And evolution items as well. Evolution that items are like, that, are machines that are machines or yeah. for Pokemon whose evolution theoretically hadn't been discovered yet. Stuff like that. Um, but aside from the lore aspect of them, gameplay-wise, they're just pure chaos. Well, <laughs> yeah, go goddamn figure. Like, it's a space-time distortion. Yeah, you would figure that it's chaos. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how bad chaos. Like, I didn't realize that, like... <laughs> That I'd be running for my life and completely like tripping over myself while just more and more Pokemon are just ganging up on me. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that it basically takes the mechanics of sneaking up and everything and like trying to lure Pokemon and whatever and like try to catch them from behind or whatever. Mm-hmm. It takes it and throws it all out the window. Yeah. Like you can't do it that way. You have to battle and survive and then get the hell out of there. Yeah, it forces you to play fast. If you're like me and you will stealth every Pokemon, it forces you to speed up real quick. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Because basically, okay, so a space-time rift, if you haven't gotten to this point and are still listening, basically it appears on the map, um, all these rare items. on the main screen. Mm -hmm. It'll even tell you, right? Um, sometimes you see it in the distance, which is how I saw it for the first time. I was like, what is that? Um, and, and it'll drop all these rare items, but what it does is like, as you're collecting them, like breadcrumbs, Pokemon appear at the end of that breadcrumb line. So, you know, like if I go to that next, that next item, three like beefy Pokemon are going to jump up or what they'll do is they'll pair like a, a Pokemon that you probably could battle and catch, like an Eevee, which isn't like the hardest thing yep. in the world to defeat or capture. And then it'll give it like two bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's a lot of like risk and reward in these space-time distortions. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think that there's any alpha Pokemon that I, I, maybe there are, but I haven't run into any out. Al- like I've only done one space-time distortion. Um, mm-hmm. I was about to do one before, before we, chatted but the thought of it being the first thing that i think about before i close my eyes and go to bed tonight is very scary um <laughs> there are scary elements in this some, game, yeah dude. there's some scary elements in this game uh so so but but like it's kind of an injection of in, of adrenaline rush and like as 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 much as we are like saying just how chaotic and and horrifying it is it's needed mm-hmm in this game. I, I love, love it. it. I, and, and I, and I do I, like, even, even though I lost a ton of items, PS, anybody out there, there's a satchel with Ben's name on it. It's got like, exerciser <laughs> and like seven feather balls. Please like return that to me. I would really appreciate that. Um, I keep looking. I don't, I didn't know what your name was in the game, but I kept looking to see if there was a Ben that I could search for. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's some, some Japanese player will find it. I'm sure. Right. Or, or I know I'm getting names from all yeah, around the world. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's those are space time distortions. And then there's the shiny hunting. And like I got I got a shiny Teddy Ursa today, which was nice mm-hmm. because I did the um the outbreak method. And there's plenty of people on YouTube that can sort of like explain it better than I can. Sure. I think you unlock them as soon as you f- defeat Cleaver, possibly before you beat Cleaver. I'm getting very conflicting mm-hmm. reports, but I think really what it is is that the more places that you have unlocked on the map, the more likelihood you'll get a mass outbreak. Because if you haven't, un- like, if you've only unlocked two places, which is where I'm kind of at right now, like, that gives mm-hmm. less opportunity. 
just mathematically sure. speaking. So yeah, I basically did a mass outbreak for Teddy Ursa. I would say it took me about an hour and a half to get a shiny one. Um, I'm happy with it. And, you know, there were some alphas that, like, spawned during that, which were pretty cool. Um, oh, nice. You don't catch them, though, because, like, then it would ruin your chances of getting the shiny. Again, people on YouTube can explain it better than I can. Yeah. I'm I'm never going to be the right person to explain sure. any of this stuff. <laughs> I usually have to turn yeah. to other people yeah. and be like, is this even, cl- am I even close to doing this right? <laughs> and that's for, like, the rare instance that I'm going to try to specifically shiny hunt something. <laughs> so, like. That that was a mechanic that I really enjoyed. You know, there's the agile style and strong style. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about the fact that, like, they tweaked how combat, yeah. I guess, works to, like, a sort of older school Final fan. I don't know which Final Fantasy. Feel free to tell me. I don't really care. I know I'm, that one of them I'm, exists. I'm the wrong person. Yeah, somebody will tell me. Sure. But, like, the idea that your moves can change the Priority. move order is Priority essentially Priority and, and, like level of strength yeah um it's cool i like it for this game i don't want it to be a normal occurrence you know what i love about it when you have a move that takes away like exactly or around 50 percent of something's hp yeah. and you're like oh i can use the same move and not have to guess yeah just switch it to you know switch it to agile i know it's going to do less damage right right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So it's a blessing in cases like that, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm trying to think if there was anything else that, like, really, really jumped out at me that I really liked. Um, You know, the crafting and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Annoying things are basically when my items get filled. And then I'm like, yes. like, like, I feel like that's been happening a lot. The only thing I spend money on, and I'm glad I caught on to this real quick. Yeah. The only thing I spend any money on in this game, aside from like one outfit, is expanding my inventory. And I man. think that the price yeah. is way too steep. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So I, I don't spend money on anything else. Luckily, you can craft because otherwise I would be screwed. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that those are those are like my overall thoughts. I think I, am I forgetting anything, Doug? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff we haven't touched on, but we're, we're kind of honestly just like unleashing all of our thoughts. Yeah. So I'm sure there's stuff we haven't covered. That's why I always do more than one episode. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? Um, I think story wise, like I'm, I'm curious. I never am expecting a ton when it comes to a Pokemon story, but this one kind of hit me with a mystery right off the bat. So I appreciated that. Um, I don't know that it's going to like the mystery will be solved, like I mentioned, but I like that each each stage of the story isn't just simply get a badge and we'll tell you more. You know what I mean? I appreciate that about this game. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. I don't know. Is there anything else? Anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, We can do a full spoiler mode warning if you wanted to talk about any of the story stuff, but otherwise we can we can do some wrapping up thoughts i feel like i feel like we haven't really scratched the surface into enough spoiler stuff right it's just that the diamond and pearl clan are not like happy with each other yeah which is expected mm-hmm. one believes in just space one believes in just time okay uh <laughs> and and it's a very spiritual game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> sure. Meta- I mean, it, it has its own, obviously has its own 
its own religion, yeah. right? Like, yeah. but it's 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 a lot of what they talk about is like their particular like view and customs <laughs> in con- in contention with One each other. One thing I thought that was <laughs> kind of neat was like you're really you do you do see breadcrumbs of seeing like how the Sinnoh region was truly built, like mm-hmm. like the um like fi- finding that stone slab, right? Like mm-hmm. that plaque of unknown language that you repair is in the Silesian ruins in diamond and pearl. Um, so like there's that sort of like lore stuff that, that really like tickles my fancy. I, I, I feel like we really haven't delved enough into things to really see enough that we can have like a full spoiler discussion. Sure. Yeah. And I, I didn't think that's, you know, that's why we do a first impressions like a few days after is just to to be like, oh, my gosh, we're playing this game. I need to like dump all right. my thoughts as I've got them right. so far. Right. And I think we've we've dumped quite a bit of thoughts here. So I guess overall, based on what you've played so far, and this is a question that we can only speculate on. You know, I don't even I don't we no one knows the answer except Game Freak and the Pokemon Company. Yep. But I guess first question, this prerequisite question, do you like this as a direction for a Pokemon game to go in? To have this sort of break from format. I like breaking from format. I don't know if I want a legend. Well, we're probably going to get more Legends games. Well, let me ask you the second question as sort of a follow-up then. Because I think you're kind of getting into it. Singular direction moving forward? Or concurrent series? Or one-off Legend game? Like, is this going to, to tell us here is what the Pokemon series is moving forward? Or did we just experience our own sort of like timeline split where we continue to have traditional core series games and then also the Legend series? And those two together are yeah, the core I think, series. I think that when they did the Pokemon Presents video and they revealed it, they kind of said that it represents a brand new direction for the franchise. And like, so this is this is going to be like the the fran the franch what the franchise is going to look like going forward from Game Freak's perspective. However, I don't think it's going to be the end of remakes, and I think Ilka will continue to make remakes. At least I hope future Legends games will not like if they have to take place in the past. Make sure it lends to the story. Sure. If they did an X and Y remake Legends game. You could have it be during AZ's Time is King or some other nonsense that I'm forgetting from that game. Sure. Well, I mean, every every Pokemon game, for the most part, yeah. has some sort of like deep history built into it, even if they don't fully explore it, right? Like there's always some sort of like inciting event or informed yeah. sort of history that, that, that clarifies today's traditions and stuff like that. Right, right. Um... I I really like when they do things where they can show what Pokemon would have been in the past in terms of how did they evolve and they evolved differently. Like we've mm-hmm. got we've got an Ursaring evolution now. We've got a different form of Sneasel that's a different like I like that. Mm-hmm. Franchises live forever. <laughs> we we you and you and I don't boy this got bleak but like (laughs) like like you have to sort of think that like it's not just for us either right it's it it never is even while we're alive 
Right, right, exactly, exactly. But, like, at a certain point, you and I are probably not going to be able to have time to play Pokemon games, or we might not be able to have time to play games as much as we typically would like to. I don't know, man. I'm seeing a future where the old folks' home of the future is dope, and we're all gaming. That's fine. <laughs> if you want to slurp my body over there, and I'll hang out with you, and we'll do that that way, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, so, I think, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Yeah, I think it's impossible to predict. I mean, I know that you mentioned they they have called this a new direction, um, but as far as the actual details of what will our next game be, yeah, impossible to know, right? Yeah, I I've said on this podcast that I think we've reached a point twenty five years into this franchise where I would like to see games that break the format and are not just a traditional quote new generation where it is here yep. is new region here are 80 to 100 new pokemon here are eight new gym leaders and here is a new champion like i don't want that every single time moving forward and and what i tried to explain on the podcast at some point i don't know this was probably still when kyle was my co-host like I didn't do so very articulately, but this game is it. Not necessarily from a gameplay standpoint, but just the idea that they have added new Pokemon to this game, but they didn't create an entirely new Pokedex of Pokemon just because we're expecting them to. You know what I mean? Give us new Pokemon that service the story or service the experiment or service yeah. you know, the gameplay or something. I don't need you to make Ducklet just because you need another water flying Pokemon. You know what so, I mean? So, so actually about that, I feel that this kind of game would not have worked unless it was a game that took place in a previous region because of everything that you just said. I think that if they introduced a ton of new Pokemon with already these new elements, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I what I want is is essentially the direction this could go in, which is just tell us new stories in places we're familiar or places adjacent to places we're familiar or the future or past of places we're familiar. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with playing a whole game that takes place in Johto as long as you're giving me a good story and a good reason as to why we're in Johto. You know what I mean? And then maybe right. that new story justifies adding 15 new Pokemon based on what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. to me, makes a lot of sense. And then maybe way down in the future there's sort of a novel retro throwback where they're like, guess what we're doing? A hundred right. new Pokemon. And then great. Yeah. You haven't had a hundred new Pokemon in 25 years. Go nuts. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. But so I, I'm, I would be okay with this being the direction moving forward. Um, even though, you know, I've had 25 years of something, it's always going to be hard to adjust. I think from the only thing you've ever kind of known, but I think this, if this is the direction where they're telling new stories with, sort of familiar aspects and new elements. Yeah. I, I think I could only be happy, but right. we'll see. I don't know. Right. Yeah. None of us, none of us truly do. So no, <laughs> no, we don't. Ultimately, based on your first impression, is this a game you're recommending to people? Yeah. Who, yeah. Or, sure. or maybe who, but, who would you recommend it to? If not everybody? Look, I think that this is a worthy $60 Pokemon. Mm -hmm. It's not with like, it's not without its flaws. There's definitely times where I see like, you know, Pokemon that are like, 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 oh look, boy, if you want to like, <laughs> like, yeah, like if you want to like complain about the graphics and everything, like fine, whatever. If you want to complain about certain textures, yeah, there are things that are like glaringly obvious. Yeah. Do I still think that this is a $60 Pokemon title? Yes. Well, here's I the did thing. Not, 
I, I did not think that Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were, were worthy $60 titles. Well, and in this game, the things that I'm noticing that are sort of like glaringly, obviously not the way that they probably want them to be, aren't affecting my experience, right? Yeah, so they're like, not affecting, yeah. And these are things that could potentially be fixed. Sure, why not, right? So like the way that a tree's leaves look are not impeding my ability to to interact with the tree in the way that the game yep. needs me to, right? Right. right. So like Diamond, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, I think in many ways looks really, really nice, but there are certain operational elements of it that don't work the way that they should. This game doesn't look amazing. In fact, my mom, of all people, uh, sent me an article. I think it might have been, I don't remember what newspaper's review it was, but it was some newspaper's review. And basically their title for it was, you know, Legends Arceus proves a Pokemon game doesn't look need to look beautiful to be a beautiful game or something like that. Right, Essentially making right. the point like, yeah, this is a really good game, even though it's kind of ugly. Like, yeah, sure, fine. If it if it plays well and it's compelling, that's always going to be my number one priority. And I think that is the case here. Right, right. We are. And, and I just want to, like, point out, I'm not forgiving Game Freak for, like, making like still do whatever possible to make games better. Look, sure, you should want to, you know. Right, right. But it's not the be all end all. It's not the make or right. break. A game can be fun and be ugly. <laughs> I and and but but and, yeah, right. I had exactly. a PlayStation and, One, but, okay? Yes. Every game yes. was ugly if it wasn't pixel yeah. art. And 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 again, I'm I'm still like very annoyed that like breeding isn't in this game and you've gotten rid of abilities. Like that's weird to me. Sure. I think that's always gonna be the weird stuff that we're gonna reckon with, right? Because I think I don't know if this is their approach, but it feels like their approach was like, can we build a Pokemon game th- from the ground up and what will that look like? And unfortunately, yeah. I think there were probably a lot of things that they just didn't. I'm sure they evaluated everything, but you know, yeah, there's that's... always going to be something missing and that's kind of a bummer. I-, I like breeding Pokemon. It's one of my favorite things to do in, in the game. So right. I'm bummed that that's not there, but I've been having fun so far. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it means I will have far fewer shinies in this game. I'll tell you that much. That's true. That's I'm a shiny breeder, not a shiny hunter. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> look, the best the best form of shiny hunting like for me was Sun and Moon with like the uh the double the SOS battles and everything like that. Like yeah. those those were fun. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. I did that more than than probably any other actual hunting mechanic. Right. Yeah. So but who knows? The the outbreaks might be it for me. We'll outbreaks see. are fun. Um they can be tedious, but they can also be fun. Cool. Well, we recommend this game so far, unless it completely, you know, poops the bed at the end, which I can't imagine sure. happening. Uh, we're fans yes. so far, right? I think I'll probably stay a fan. I imagine I'll be putting a lot of time into this game. It'll certainly surpass my uh, BDSP 50 yeah. hours. I don't know that anything will, anything Pokemon wise uh, will approach the like hundreds of hours I've put into one sword and shield, uh, sword and shield file. But you know, circumstances <laughs> certainly dictated how much I played that right, game right, exactly. in the year 2020. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so if you're on the fence, I would recommend it. Um, I think it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, anybody who listened to my last episode is probably wondering when this would come into play and it's going to come into play immediately. This is the start of the Varroa region project. All right. So here is my introduction or prologue. Welcome to the Varroa region, 
At first, many of the people and Pokemon of Varroa may resemble those of the regions you visited before, but as you spend more time here, the more you'll discover Varroa's diverse landscapes, unique culture and traditions, and mysterious history. Varroa is home to Professor Buck, who travels the region studying remnants of a world long forgotten to time. What's clear from vast region-wide ruins, ancient monuments, curious artifacts, and fragments of art and literature is that people and Pokemon worked together to create a full and strong civilization, much bigger, and Buck might argue much more advanced, than the world Varroans inhabit today. What isn't clear is why this previous civilization didn't stand, a mystery some folks believe is a waste of time attempting to solve, and others, like Buck, have dedicated a life, or simply a hobby, attempting to understand. Varroa features two main coasts, its northern coast and its eastern coast. From the southwest, a mountain range reaches upward, nearly bisecting the region in two, but not so drastically that folks in the north and folks in the east are entirely separate. From those mountains run two major bodies of water— a serpentine river that empties on the north coast, and a wide river that quickly opens into a larger sound on the eastern coast. Where these rivers ultimately meet their respective coasts are where Varroa's largest cities sit, but you'll learn more about them later. If you missed episode 87, which was called Creating a Pokemon Region, this might be your introduction to the Varroa Region Project on Victory Road. The Varroa Region is an ongoing collaborative and partially improvised world-building project. Uh, So on each episode of Victory Road, my guests and I will uncover more about the people, places, and Pokemon of Varroa. And over time, the stories of these people and mythologies of these places will begin to unfold. So Dr. Ben... (laughs) <laughs> you have the distinction of being the first guest co-host to add to the Varroa region. It is a very basic map, which I will have posted uh, on Twitter so that anybody listening to this will be able to see the playground we are playing in. Yep. Um, and there is very little culturally or tradition-wise that we have explored so far. So you have a pretty blank canvas. And so I figured to not put too much pressure on your shoulders... Uh, I'd have have a relatively easy task for you to kick us off. So I would be honored mm. if you would add some Pokemon, the very first Pokemon, in fact. Mm. Uh, not necessarily number order. We'll tackle that later. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But sure. <laughs> the uh, the first Pokemon added to the Varroan Pokedex, um, and also, if you wish, to choose a setting or point of interest to the map. Can I have... So the Pokemon that I'm going to be putting in here are Pokemon that are already existing. Yes. So typically we will work with Pokemon that already exist. Uh, for the time being, we're going to avoid legendaries and yes. mythicals because so many of those come with stories right. from other regions. Right, right. Um, and you are free to create Varroan variant forms okay. uh, as long as they kind of follow like current conventions unless down the road we introduce like a new mechanic or something. So we're talking regional forms like in Alola or yeah. regional variant evolutions um, or, you know, region dependent evolutions like an Obstagoon or something like that. You could do that with existing Pokemon for sure. Not to break the magic for our listeners, but Doug and I spoke <laughs> yesterday a little bit about this because yes. uh, I didn't want to feel like I was completely dropped out of a space time rift. Exactly. And I had no idea what was going on. So, <laughs> as far as we know, no space, space time rifts in no, Varroa just yet. <laughs> no, no. So, so here's, here's what I'm thinking. I've given a lot of thought for, for one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm, piecing together another thought for two to three more. So so here's here's one. I love Salamence. And of the lore behind Salamence that it was Bagon that had had the dream of flying and he eventually was able to fly. So in the Varroa region, I would like for for Bagon to basically not have its dreams come true. Okay. And basically 
It never learned how to fly. Yesterday, I had the idea that it would run. Okay. I've given it a lot more thought. Mm-hmm. Instead, hey, man, what's the opposite of flying? Burrowing underground. Ooh. We're going to make a dragon ground type. Ooh. Um, but not necessarily Garchomp. Okay. Um, although you could argue that this could become Garchomp's rival. Anyway. Could. Hey, yeah. It could. Sure. sure. <laughs> so, so this is this is basically a Bagon that evolved into Shelgon, and Shelgon then had the hopes of uh, becoming Salamence. This Shelgon does not become Salamence. Okay, it becomes a completely different Pokemon that I do Ooh. not have a name for. Okay, unfortunately, uh, okay. is that is that okay? That is okay. Okay, all right. I will leave it to somebody else to come up with a name for it. Great. We'll have a name. We'll have a name for it uh, next episode. We'll make sure we drop that name next episode. Oh wow! Okay, all right, yeah. that's quick. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, in terms of what I would want it to look like, first of all, like I said, it would be dragon ground, and mm-hmm. the lore behind it is that it felt so ashamed that it was not able to fly, that it burrowed underground. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it created. Um, new pathways within the grounds of the Varroa region. What, what, do, what, do you, what do you think about that? I love this idea. So yeah. not only do we have a regional evolution of the Bagon line, yep. but we have a Pokemon that is actively responsible for one of the signature like geographic formations of the region, yes. right? Somewhere in this world, somewhere in this region, uh, there are characteristic tunnels that were created by this new evolution yes Yes. and canals and that sort of stuff so like Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm actually thinking about it would it make more sense do we have a dragon rock type so tyrum is dragon rock one of those weird fossil pokemon but but (laughs) it's a two evolution or it's a one evolution Mm -hmm. dragon rock this will be the first third step dragon rock I mean, it's still in a very, very tiny yeah. category of dragon. So, like, Pokemon. and so, like, in my mind, I'm thinking that yes, it ju- it burrows, but it releases its spikes to like actually like as a defense mechanism and to help jut out for canals and pathways, as we discussed. My thought is that it will look like a bigger shell gone, but like its head is out, so it's sort of like head and then round body arms legs that sort of thing do we think the the shell is still visible on this one like it's come yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, shell yeah. but there are still sort of remnants of it yes yeah, yeah. I the shell that. Is still, yeah that that that's why it's round it's round sure. because of that shell i like that i like that a lot yeah um i so, always like an evolution that kind of like has an element that's carried forward you know yeah uh some sort of physical characteristic i think that's really cool right right so that and this i think could actually play a role in frustrating Professor Buck because like <laughs> like he's expecting one thing, but then it's yeah. like, oh, this ends up bucking the trend. There yeah. you go. Nailed it. <laughs> it also creates, you know, if there's this underground system of tunnels, I mean the 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 level of just like how elaborate those can be and the confusion that can cause just being an underground system, you know, I think poses a lot of questions. I know it's partially used in a practical manner. It sounds like you were talking about canals or whatever. Um, but maybe a lot of it is also just naturally occurring, right? You can, you can like make an, you can make a town that could worship 
the existence of this Pokemon <laughs> because of the tunnels and canals that they made. Is that something you would want to add to the map? It sounds to me maybe like something that would exist in that mountain ridge well, um, as either a point of interest or maybe even a village, maybe not like a fully... One of one of the cool town, one of the things that I liked about Pokemon Coliseum and XD Gale of Darkness mm-hmm. was that there was a town called the Under. Sure. And it was basically like just a seedy underground area that like didn't really see a lot of sunlight. Mm-hmm. And this could basically be like a mining community, but like sort of an underground city. Sure. So to, so to speak. And they have that city because of this uh, Shelgon evolution, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So I, I, I'd like to create that sort of locale. Sure. Uh, potentially in a mountain. Sure. I like it. Um, now I sent you the map. I don't know if you have a preference on how far out, uh, granted there's like very little on this map so far, right? So where you place things, future people are going to place in relation to you. I don't know if you have an idea of where, how deep into that mountain ridge, how North or South you think that makes sense to be, but I love this idea. You know what I'd like to do? Um, I'd like to put it in this, like this mountain area that's in the North East but like okay close to where the two ends of the water meet does that make sense okay cool yeah so right where those right where those rivers kind of originate from yes and then basically like they have to use the canals that the shelgon evolution created in order to go down to those two bodies of water to collect water uh as a resource cool i dig this so we've got We've got uh, the Bagon line with an alternate evolution at the yep. end that is a rock dragon type yes. that creates uh, these natural systems of tunnels and canals. Yep. And we know that there is at least some sort of village or town that has sort of come into those tunnels and occupied them and built their own sort of group or, or civilization or town within them, right? Yes. Cool. I did right. So now, so now, other Pokemon that I would want to put in there. Yeah, are there any other Pokemon you you would like to add to the decks? Zangoose, but this is a Zangoose that went search when they migrated to the Viora region. They went searching in jungles to find Civipers, only to not find them. And have their evolution and have their biology be radically altered in a way that they have taken on Viper like properties. Whether or not it evolves, let's leave that up to somebody who's smarter than me. <laughs> if somebody feels really inspired, they yeah, can decide to, yeah, yeah. to finalize that. Yeah, but let's do like a poison normal Zangus. Cool. I dig it. And then Let's let's let, let's throw Drifloon and Drifloon in there to carry away some skinny kids, uh, <laughs> just just cause. So so let's you gotta have some spooky going. Let's on, have some spooky, you know from the jump. Yeah yeah no no changes to them because cool. humans did not learn their lesson and carry around thumbtacks. <laughs> Perfect cool. We've got our our first entries into the Varroan Pokedex. Uh, and we've got our first uh, sort of town on the map. And it's... This was the, awesome. The cool thing about this experiment is that, like, I had no idea that's where you were going with the rock under, like, burrowing yeah. form of salam- salamence. I know it's not going to be called that, but, like, 
I'm I'm just so excited to see what people bring to the table, right? Because who knows? Somebody might somebody might hear your idea and be like, you know how in this region the Shellgon evolution does this? Like someone could run with yeah. it, and and you just never know what someone's going to bring. It's cool. Yeah, and and, and I want to add one more thing. How I talked about with Salamence and being like proud that he got his wings and everything like that. I really want to drive home that this is a rock dragon type that was ashamed that he didn't Mm -hmm. accomplish what he wanted he became frustrated and created this canals and these canals and pathways and tunnels and eventually which led to the growth of a town that revered him and was like oh this frustrated but like he built all this sort of he led to the creation of all this stuff for us i dig that i think uh i think it's as powerful as the original Salomon story yeah. to relate to, right? I think the dream of being able to fly or accomplish something and accomplishing it is something to, to connect with. And I think other people appreciating something that you haven't yeah. appreciated about yourself is also a relatable story. So I like, I like that's kind of the, the way you approached this and like how you came up with a Pokemon through that method. I, th- I just think it's really cool. I'm already great way to kick us off. I got to say <laughs> someone, please draw this, uh, please. Yeah. Like, someone please make people are welcome to, to, I-, I will say like the, the project technically exists on the podcast. So like things are going to develop as we go, yeah. but people are fully welcome to, to play in the world or, or, you know, imagine what a an evolution of Shelgon that can't fly looks like based on kind of how Ben was describing it. Um, yeah, by all means. And if you do that, please send it to me. I would love to, to share yeah. it and see it. Likewise, likewise. And someone please come up with a good name. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we'll have something. We'll, we'll figure yeah. something out. Cool. It won't be unnamed for too long. <laughs> I appreciate that. Cool. Well, like I mentioned next episode, we will be talking about Pokemon legends Arceus again. Um, I have a couple guests that I'm really excited to talk to. So hopefully everything pans out, um, but we'll be digging a little bit deeper into this game that we're loving so far. Um, so of course, if you have thoughts about Pokemon legends Arceus, feel free to tweet them to me or to the podcast at victory road pod. Um, do you love it? Do you hate it? What do you want from the franchise to do with this format? Um, and we may read your responses right here on the podcast. Thank you again, Dr. Ben, for joining me. This was really awesome. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna, absolutely. I'm going to get back to playing some Pokemon Legends Arceus before, yes. I, before I go crash. Anywhere that you want people to find you, or should they just leave you to playing Pokemon for the time? You know, you could find me on Twitter. Uh, but then don't look for me otherwise. But no, no, no. <laughs> no you can good. find me on, on Twitter <laughs> at Dr. Ben MD. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging around. Cool. Well, if you like what I'm doing here on Victory Road, you can find more of what I'm doing on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, or on my other podcast, Walloping Web Snappers, which is a Spider-Man cartoon podcast, Falling with Style, which is a monthly Pixar movie marathon podcast, and Novel Gaming, which is a podcast about books, video games, and other pop culture. For information on this show, be sure to find us on social media at Victory Road Pod, like I mentioned earlier. And if there is anything in the world of Pokemon you know a whole lot about and you'd like to appear on the podcast or just have suggestions, let me know. Until next time, I am headed back to a field camp to take a short rest, store my excess inventory, and report my research findings. We will see you next time. See you later. Bye.